I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, welcome to part two of Smirshpod's special on License to Kill. If you've not heard part one, why don't you go and download that first? And that way, you'll understand what's happening. Here's part two. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Smirshpod. So then Bond goes to the hospital to visit Felix. <laughs> Just the least he could do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he's asleep, so he might as well not bothered. Yeah. He should say that. He's bloody asleep. I may as well not bothered. <laughs> and he, we meet Sharky. Sharky. Well, we met Sharky at the beginning. We have met Sharky. And yeah. he gave a Phoenix the Lorsch <laughs> for fishing. Yeah, so Sharky says that, because the guy says, oh, I've seen this before. It's the chainsaw, the Colombians and everything. Yeah. Sharky says, chainsaw my ass. <laughs> I know a shark bite when I see one. Yeah. Which is not an invitation, by the way, to chainsaw his ass. <laughs> well, a, there's, a, there's a comma in there, I believe, somewhere. I would like I think. to see that scene. <laughs> like sexual Scarface. Well, we never know how Sharky dies. I mean, he, he, he has a bullet gets, wound, I think. I think he's shot and then gets hung yeah. up like a shark, which again yeah. is fucking dark. These guys don't take any prisoners. There's a bit where we're jumping ahead a little bit here, but mm. there's a bit where Bond goes on the wave crest, yeah. and he's he's hiding in the water, and you know this anonymous henchman walks past, and yeah. Bond leaps out of the water, grabs him, takes him into the water, and I thought kills him. He doesn't. He just renders him unconscious with somehow because he knows the exact amount of water that goes in someone's lungs yeah. to render them unconscious but not kill them. And I was thinking, like, he doesn't even establish whether this guy's evil. He could just be. An intern working there, and literally working there, because he loves fish. He could be a member of Oxfam, yeah. walking around to assess whether they were a good charity organisation. It doesn't come up. Uh, when I interviewed for Empire, I never asked whether anyone involved was in drugs or gun smuggling mm. or baden. It no. didn't come up. Perhaps you should have asked. I should have asked. It would have saved me a lot of trouble. Yeah. Did you they get... ask you about pints of milk? They did, no, they asked me about Paolo Di Canio. Which was obviously... At the time, he was still playing football. He was a big footballer. He had or just were they asking you about fascists? <laughs> they, they, they were. Yeah. They were just making sure that I was uh, politically aligned in the right way. And I wasn't a massive fascist. When did you join Empire? 2001. Oh, yeah. Pre-2000? Pre-2002. Pre, 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 pre I mean, pre-9-11? Uh, yeah. Pre-9-11, yeah, yeah. So a more innocent time. Yeah, a more innocent time, definitely. Pre... Daniel Craig as Bond, which is obviously the... Well, this would have been still Brosnan. It would have been Brosnan, yeah. So this was I was actually the year... Oh, no, it was two years after The World Is Not Enough. They, were, they would have been filming Die Another Day. Yeah. So probably at the, at the same point... Another atrocity. Another atrocity. Uh, no, they wouldn't have been filming it, but they were, they were getting close to it. They were writing the script. They were probably thinking, this isn't working. At, this, at almost the exact same point that I, I joined Empire, they would, someone, is, someone would have been going, yeah. I'm not sure about this, guys. Yeah. But we're locked in, so hey oh. And then they get the Madonna song and they go, oh, 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 don't worry, I'm sure no one's going to be listing this in the worst Bond ever lists in, you know, 14 years' time. 
Well, wow. yeah. They were idiots if they did think that. They were, because it's brilliant. Where were we? Uh, Bond is oh, yeah, visiting Felix. So they're going to go and try and find places where this boat could have launched from. Here's a little note that I forgot to mention. Uh, Della, at the church, when Felix and Bond are leaping from the plane, yeah. Felix waves at her. Yes. And she waves back. That's right. She must have the eyes of a fucking vulture. Well, she'd have seen some horrifying things before she died. Then, <laughs> <wouldn't she? laughs> How does she see that? It's amazing. Uh, we gave her a nice honeymoon. It's just awful. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. Yeah, Bond goes to Felix's house because no one else in the CIA have had this thought. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, you're right, he goes to Milton Crest's place of business. Yes. And Knocks on the door, says he's from London Zoo. Yeah. So he's he's interested in taking a cacarian cacarius. Cacarian cacarius. Great white shark. <laughs> um, which is bollocks, because anyone who knows great white sharks and has seen Jaws 3 yeah. would know that you can't have them in captivity. You can't. they die. They do die. And if they don't die, then they, they go nuts and try and eat one of the quades. In 3D. In 3D. Yeah. And this, this is something that's happened throughout history. Yeah. But there he goes. He's, I think he comes up against uh, an intern again who doesn't really know what they're talking about. Yeah. So he's from Universal Exports. Yeah, which is so great. I've come all the way from London. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so Milton Crest comes to the door, being particularly evil and shifty at this yeah, point. I like the way he says, uh, "We don't have any sharks anymore." <laughs> and then he says, uh, "I like that submarine." And he says, "Oh, it's for sale, actually." Yeah. And then he basically says, "Look, I'm kind of busy, so can you go?" And he goes, "Oh, well, thank you very much for your help, Mister." And he goes, "Goodbye," <laughs> and then shuts the door. I like that. Yeah, he's, he's proper, proper nasty, nasty. Yeah. In this one. Uh, but he thinks in his feet pretty well, I think. So yeah. does Bond, because Bond spots Felix's rose, doesn't he? He does. Yeah, and he has this, a look around and he, he notices yeah. the uh, yeah the rose from the wedding. Yeah. And he gives a look like, oh, I've got all I came for. Thank you very much. <laughs> See you later. Might be back later yeah. on with my friend Sharky. Yeah, I, I double security value. <laughs> you, you know you were saying that out loud. <laughs> Am I? Yeah, so he comes back later with Sharky yeah. and he sneaks in. And he finds the pasta maggots. Because <laughs> when you hear John Glenn talking about it, it's like, oh, well, we, we, used, we used pasta because it looks very much like maggots. I'm like, no, John, it doesn't. <laughs> it looks like pasta. <laughs> I don't like, I've never seen a maggot that's like a, a bit of facility. No, this is true. Bond's keenly developed sense of spotting cocaine. Yeah. It's the first place he looks. Mm-hmm. And there it is, loads of loads And because he's digging around and the temperature goes up. It does. It alerts the guards. It does. The guards who are actually pretty on point in this movie. Yeah. yeah, they, yeah. they don't think about shooting anybody, do they? No, they don't. Yeah, they're trying to establish proper motive just because he does his due diligence, this guard. And I, I, quite, I quite like that. Yeah. He gets maggoted, doesn't he? Yeah, he gets maggoted. Well, this is the strange thing. Bond kind of punches him in the stomach, I think. Yeah. Then flips him over into the maggots and the guy's effectively dead. Yeah. I'm wondering if he had a heart attack or something. <laughs> Look, I, Mr. Crest, I'm very happy to do the night shift, but just so you know, I have a terrible heart condition. <laughs> and if anyone punches me, I die. <laughs> Who's going to punch you at three o'clock in the morning? You're right. Yeah, I'll work tonight. No problem. <laughs> It'll be fine. It'll be totally fine. Bond, of course, is taught to punch people in the part of the stomach that triggers heart attacks. Yes. This is something that is a training that is handed down to all MI6 agents. Mm-hmm. Q manages to do it. He teaches them how to do it. He's got those hands. Yeah, those massive, horrible ham hands. Standing on an ant. (laughs) Hands. Yeah, so he flips him into the maggots, and then the other guard comes out, and Bond manages to pull him with a hook Mm -hmm. into the electric eel tank. He does. But how many people, I want to know, fell into that tank before they put the sign there? (laughs) (laughs) Because it says, danger, electric eels. Like, well, all right, I'm not going to get in and swim, am I? (laughs) 
Perhaps before then, people were putting their doobly's in there. You know, I got a good trick. Let's put our knob in the tank and see what happens. The guy screams of agony. You can just about hear it. Go, oh no! Just like Ken. This <laughs> is all the irony. I've already just been to his funeral and I was laughing about it. I'm the one who put the sign up. Oh, oh my god. Did Woody Eels kill you in that situation? I mean, I, I didn't bother googling it. Well, they did in this case, and I'm going to take that as... Bond's dedicate the Bond movie's dedication to science and, and the veracity of, of fact is well known. So, yeah, I'll go with that. I'll go with that, too. Electric eels can kill you. So Bond then is confronted by Everett McGill, who oh brings out God. his suitcase full of money. You'd think you'd just leave that in the office, wouldn't you? <laughs> I think someone's breaking in. I better take out all my money. I don't know. If I had $2 million in a suitcase, I'm not sure I would let it out of my sight. Yeah, this is, this is the thing. And he's got a little catchphrase, hasn't he? Hey, old buddy. Old buddy. Hey, old, old buddy. buddy. Hey. He even pops, he even pops in to see Felix. Mm-hmm. The bastard. Yeah, just, I just wanted to dance with the bride, old buddy. Mother. Thanks for coming, Everett <laughs> It's lovely to see you. Would you like some champagne? <laughs> How about some canapes? <laughs> Why don't you stay for a little bit? No, 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 buddy, I'm fine. Your, uh, your, your voice is really annoying. <laughs> I gotta go. What about a glass of Chardonnay? <laughs> um, yeah, so- Chauvignon Blanc? <laughs> Shabli? Status quo are playing outside. <laughs> and later on is Shawadi Wadi. <laughs> um, yeah, so Everett McGill is confronted by Bond. Well, he's going to try and push Bond in the shark tank, but then Sharky pokes his head up <laughs> like, like Frank Spencer, expecting him to be kind of go, oh, and pushes Everett McGill into the, you know, he's hanging on by a thread, basically, yeah. over the shark tank. And that's when Dalton delivers that line. And he says to him, look, there's... Two million dollars in that suitcase. If you let me go, you can have it. Yeah. And Dalton says that you earned it, old buddy. <laughs> you keep it. He does. He does. And then throws him out. And he drops it and gets. And he drops in with with the money. Yeah. And gets eaten by the shark. And then Sharky says, "What a waste." <laughs> oh, and, he, and, he, and Dalton gives him the shittiest look ever. Like, are you fucking what? <laughs> and he goes, "Of money." And he goes, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. You're absolutely right about that. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Everett McGill trying desperately to negotiate with the shark. i got two million dollars swimming around you. Oh, God, yeah. money means nothing to you. Ah! <laughs> Don't eat me, old buddy. <laughs> <laughs> old buddy. Shark's going, fuck you. And by the way, that's a that's the one of the lines I was talking about, the line that Moore, you just could not imagine Moore delivering that line. No, God, no. You weren't yeah. a dull buddy, you keep it. Well, Bond, uh, Roger Moore famously had a problem with mildly kicking a car off of a cliff. <laughs> Dalton would have flying kicked it off a cliff <laughs> and then wiped his ass with the dead body. <laughs> and then pooed from great height upon the uh, the By the end of MacGruber. <laughs> He'd have done that. <laughs> You'd have taken an upper decker in the master bedroom. Exactly. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. That's a highly underrated film, by the way. I do enjoy that film a great it's deal. Amazingly funny. But, and not Dizzy Moore, I love Moore, but he, yeah. he would have gone, you earned it all, buddy, you keep it. He couldn't, he couldn't have done it. He would have been no. unconvincing. He wouldn't have been comfortable with causing a man to get eaten by sharks either. I don't think he'd have been comfortable with anything in this movie, oh, with God, the no. possible exception of, because he doesn't even drink a martini in this film. He has one made for him, but he doesn't drink it. Yeah, he doesn't drink it. He gives um, it to Pam. Pam Ayers. Yeah. She's off there drinking her martini, and uh, he says, smokes. Says, Dario is bad news. You can tell by his shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I had to write that down. <laughs> I just Amazing. wanted to imagine uh, this film reimagined with Pam Ayers playing Pam. I tried to sell him some Stinger rockets. <laughs> you blew up the window and he changed his mind. <laughs> oh, my God. This movie's just got somehow better. It has. So, so Bond goes back to Crest's thing underwater yes hiding under a manta ray and that's the thing Crest goes in to see uh, Snooker Loopy oh we've, we've skipped a bit haven't we have we we have what have we skipped we've skipped a bit that having screwed things up 
for Crest here. Yes, sorry, you're right. He gets his licence revoked. Which, as you say, you, you started at the beginning of this, was the original yeah. name for this film. Absolutely. And uh, I managed to retrieve a photo not long ago from the Cannes Film Festival. Right. Eight, eight, where they were selling it. They were selling it. And they were selling it. Sorry, I was Jurassic Park. And, um, <laughs> yeah, indeed, it said coming 1989. Packaged it, didn't they? Licence revoked. And didn't they do market research? The story is that Americans yes. didn't understand what it meant. I don't particularly believe that. That's the story. I actually kind of do believe it, but I, it's, it's kind of ironic. Come from the same company that then later released Quantum of Solace. Yeah, the spectre I, with no ghosts in it. <laughs> I think the big problem is that they probably couldn't get anything to rhyme with revoked for the title song. Poked. No. License to kill and going straight for your heart. Yeah, this is true. But I don't know. It just it doesn't make sense. License to kill. He has a license to kill, but not in this movie. No. In fact, all his killing in this movie is unlicensed and as such it should have been called illegal. Get Sanchez. <laughs> it should have been called Get Sanchez. He's a bloody maniac in this film, Bond. Mm-hmm. He's he's off the reservation. Um, proper rogue. Proper rogue. He's it gone, should have been called rogue. rogue Agent. It should have been called Rogue Agent. But it would have been better than the or game. Rogue One. That would have been a much better title. Should, Someone should use that. Should write that down. I'll put it down my list of potential titles. Yes, but you have a great moment where he goes to... First of all, he meets Grand L. Bush again. He does. Now sounds, when I think of it, it sounds like the leader of some sort of clan. No, I don't mean Ku Klux Klan, Jesus Christ. I mean, like, some sort of, like, cult. A sex cult. You are now permitted audience yeah. with Grand L. Bush. <laughs> I will see you now. Why do they call you Grand Bush? Oh, now I see. But he does a great move where Dalton's walking along. And he taps him on the back. And then when he turns around, he acts surprised, like, oh, it's you. Hello. (laughs) That's why you hire Grandel Bush. Yeah. He's the best tip-tapper in the uh, the business. And he says, we found a little bit of uh, Killifer. That was his name, isn't it? Killifer. Yeah, I couldn't remember it. Um, Watched the film twice. Completely forgot. Everett McGill. Yeah. That's, that's I, yeah. I know him as. Someone's doing their job. Yeah, in a way that implies heavily that it was he who did the job. It was me. Because <laughs> <laughs> Grand Bush, now he knows, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop the L, Grand Bush knows that Bond's been, he's up to no good. And so he brings him to Hemingway the attention House. of Hemingway House. Yeah. Which so I didn't know this. Joke. Well, Farewell to Arms, yeah. which I only just got yesterday. Uh, I've watched this film countless times, and I never realised, I've probably seen the sign Hemingway House countless times. And I never realised that was actually Ernest Hemingway's house. Someone will it? tell me, but I'm wondering if that's the house where Ernest Hemingway, Ernest Hemingway shot himself. Ooh, I don't... again, that would be quite ironic. I don't know. They'll write, they'll write in. They will. In their droves. The smashers. Yeah, so he's effectively told, you've got to go to Istanbul, what are you doing? Leave yeah. it to the Americans, it's yeah. their mess, let them clean it up. I'm quoting him there. Yeah. And Bond says, then you have my resignation. <laughs> she says, we're not a country club, seven. Another great line. Yeah. It's actually a film full of really good lines. It is brilliantly written. Yeah. And then he says that. He says, we're not a country club. And then he goes, effective immediately, your licence to kill is revoked. Mm-hmm. Please give me your gun, type yeah. thing. And then he says, a farewell to arms. Yes, he and does. And he kicks the bloke in the stomach, pushes him. Does he kick M in the stomach? No, the bloke next to him. He kicks the bloke in the stomach. He pushes M over. Yeah. Because I was he thinking... he over the side and runs off. Because he realises that they won't... No, oh, there's too many people. Yeah. It has been gunfire. Yeah, whatever. We'll, we'll just we'll just let him go. But uh, again, it's another touch to the past where they, they take over something. Yes. An MI6 it, you know. You've got the guy up in the water tower with the rifle. and Yeah, the, 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 the tendrils of power of MI6 know no limit. No. And I imagine they can just call up Hemingway House at a moment's notice and go, yeah, we're, we're going to need to shut it down. they Hemingway, they can ask. <laughs> <laughs> you know, being around, being cantankerous and drunk, a drunk yeah. ghost. Shooting himself over and over again. <laughs> And like you say, it's almost like he's consumed with passion about the fact that someone had been murdered on their wedding again. Yeah. Because he says they're not going to do anything. 
Like, yeah. Someone has to do something about this. It's an outrage. Yeah. But M was just like basically saying, "What's the big deal? People yeah. die all the time." But he's like, "No, it's, it's another, another wedding ruined." Yeah. I hate it. I hate. Which, when I come to think of it, in view to a kill, when he lands on that couple's wedding cake and ruins their wedding, he yes. should be really upset about that. He should. Tr- he should take his own life at that point. Yeah, he should. Drown himself in the sand. Yeah. Yes. So then, as I was saying before, they, uh, he then goes to Crest's boat under a manta ray, mm-hmm. and C- Crest goes in to see Snooker Lupe, <laughs> and he's uh, he's basically being a bit of a sex pest. He is. And then I- that bloke comes in and goes, "Sir, you better come and look at this." And he gets there, and he's literally showing him a manta ray. He's <laughs> 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 like, he's like going, "What is that? It's a manta ray. I've never seen one of those before. Is that a thing?" <laughs> I thought it was a monster. It's a giant... Is it... What is it? Is it a fish? Is it a shark? Is it... What is it? And Chris is going, I don't know why I hire these interns. Mm. It's ridiculous. I mean, I've, I've gone through three of them last night already. And there was now a this really guy, good one who went downstairs, but I haven't seen him. He hasn't, yeah. <laughs> just hear muffled screams coming from the, the maggot slash cocaine container that we have downstairs. But other than that, and of course, there's Jeff lying dead in electric eel tank. Yeah. Has anyone noticed this at this point? Poor old Jeff. I think he likes it. <laughs> he looks so peaceful. We'll let, him, would have we'll, we'll let him rest. It. He was so passionate about that sign. So, he has, he has a captain who is clearly a veteran. He doesn't know what a manta ray looks like. Yeah. Manta, manta rays aren't the same thing as stingrays, are they? They're no, from the same family. I think they're pacifists. They're stingrays. Are aggressive, aggressive Steve Irwin killing motherfuckers. Exactly, yeah. yeah. They, they've, got, they've got a big name under their arm there. They have. Big notch. Yeah. You don't kill Steve Irwin and then get away with it. Well, we they, be they did. war with them. They did. The one that killed him got away, did it? As far as I'm aware, yeah. Because usually yeah. We, we take him back, don't we? Like when a lion kills someone, you know, obeys its natural instinct. Yeah. We'll blow his head off. That's we what will. we like. Yeah. Can't believe Steve it, Owen's killer is free. If a dog takes so much as a biscuit from me, I, I give it a backhanded slap. Yeah. As it, as it should be. Nasty. That's what I say. I don't. I don't, by the no. way. Don't write in. No, you I love don't dogs. say that. You I do love dogs. Them. I do hit them. I love yeah. them. Nasty. So, yeah, then Crest isn't very impressed by seeing a manta ray because he's obviously seen one before. <laughs> Um, and also, Lupe, Lupe is watching a Western. And I just, I said right here, everybody in the 80s was always watching Westerns on telly. <laughs> well, Westerns you watching, do we know? I don't know, but all you could hear was like... <laughs> and horse trotting. Unless it was a porn. Could have been, it might have been. I think like those horse porn. <laughs> you never know. That I've heard so much about, I've never seen. <laughs> um, so yeah, then Bond is uh, uh, observing a coke deal going down. Like this little robot ship little robot submarine mm. is bringing cocaine. Yes. No, it's going in to be loaded with cocaine. They are bringing cocaine, yes. They're bringing cocaine in from Sanchez, presumably. Cocaine. And then Crest is giving him the big piles of cash that he's had knocking around his, his ship. So they load the they load the cash onto yep. the plane. Yeah, and then bring and the they, coke back. They bring the coke back, and that's and that's how Bond knows where it is. Yeah, okay. and Bond stabs all the coke. He does. He's furious. All the fish start kind of arranging shells in alphabetical order <laughs> <laughs> because they're all inhaling this cocaine. Well, Bond, I know he has a, a mask on at this point, but there is a reading in this film that the rest of it is his dying fantasy. Mm. That he's so high off his tits yeah. that he has no idea what's happening anymore, and yeah. the rest of it is just. The, the last wishes of a dying man. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. There's a version of this film that ends with Bond just floating face down in the water at the very, very end of the movie. Like, like um, Sunset. Sunset Boulevard. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Absolutely. But with a winking, wanking fish in the background. Well, that's what we all wanted. <laughs> um, I'm ready for my close-up. 
Oh, God. Um, so, yeah, then Crest sees this happening. So, but Bond then has an underwater fight, with, and we again get one of the laziest guards ever. Yeah. Because the, the guard goes, uh, well, he must have drowned by now, Mr. Crest. <laughs> In other words, I can't be bothered. Can you just go? Anyway, so they all go in and they have a fight, and Bond, they water skis onto that plane, which I love that bit. It's brilliant. I, I like I love this whole sequence. I think, mm. you know, generally speaking, Thunderball put me off underwater sequences yeah. in Bond. But this is a really good one. Because mm. you actually get a sense of jeopardy. Yeah. And he's a bit outmatched, a bit outgunned. I and love the bit where he harpoons the plane as it's going. Mm. Elbows one fellow in the face, yeah. kicks the other one in the stomach, and then yeah. whoosh, he's gone. <laughs> it's brilliant. And then it Crest in reaction, which is a, probably a dodgy bit of editing. Bond is literally water skiing on the back of his plane and then gets on, and it cuts to Crest, and he literally just points. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't you be a bit more kind of, what the fuck is he doing? Get him. But he just like goes, mm. Because what he's actually pointing to is a British agent floating face down in the water, yeah. having ingested enough cocaine to kill a dozen elephants. Mm. That's what he's pointing at. Or maybe he's seen some fish kind of like dancing around, <laughs> being really aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> Coming up with ideas for adverts. <laughs> These fish came up with that gorilla playing the drums advert for dairy milk. Now we just pour a load of coke into water and we see what happens. Yeah, it's like when they gave it to those spiders and made those interesting webs. <laughs> the fish came up with adverts. Um, yeah, so uh, basically Bond gets on the plane and there's a great, another great sequence of aerial footage of him... Climbing on the bottom of the plane, yeah, and then undoing the door, and man falls out with the door. Yeah, he does. Yeah, gets the fat back. He does. And he then does. yeah, he gets on, and then the great bit where the guy shoots him point blank. Yeah, but he holds up the big cube of money. Yes, and it takes the bullet. Yeah, absolutely. And then he punches the guy with the money in the face, uh-huh. and then kicks him out of the plane. The guy's unconscious, but he has the wherewithal. Yeah, when he's falling out of the plane to go ah <laughs> and, and turn into a dummy. <laughs> So it wouldn't hurt as much. Precisely. Very precisely. Clever, very it's a really clever. good sequence. A yeah. Slightly dodgy rear projection a couple of times when yeah. Dalton's climbing back into the plane. But uh, otherwise it's good. And the, the look of glee in his face as he realises oh. he's got about two million. It's amazing. Five million, actually. Five million dollars yeah. just sitting in the back and of the plane. he literally just throws it to the back of the plane. Yeah. He should start wanking on it. Or, <laughs> well, you know, rolling around laughing. Mr. Bank Manager, I've come to make a deposit. Don't touch those notes over there. I've made a deposit notes already. And then she goes to meet Pam... In the uh, Harbourside Cafe? Barrelhead Bar, it's called. Yeah, the Barrelhead Bar. Barrelhead Bar. And uh, again, you can tell this is more of a serious Bond film because she's called Pam mm. but Bouvier and yeah. not Pam of the Hand. There's a good joke there, isn't there? Yeah. Because she's Bouvier. When she has a secret name later, he calls her Kennedy. Oh, that's very clever. Yeah. I had not made this, that, that connection. Bloody hell, this is a clever film. It is, isn't it? If anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, it's Jacqueline Bouvier, who was married to John F. Kennedy. When she married him, obviously, she yeah. came... Jacqueline Kennedy. So there's multi layers, it's like an onion. <laughs> Michael G. Wilson's a genius. It makes That's your eyes water. That's what the G stands for. <laughs> yeah, for genius. Yeah, it is. Isn't, wasn't he like Broccoli's adopted son? He's a, yeah, his stepson, I believe. Because for a long yeah. time I assumed him and Barbara Broccoli were husband and wife. I don't That's know what him. I thought for, for years but as yeah, well. They're effectively, they're brother and sister. And I was disabused of that notion when I interviewed them together. No, I didn't. I, I didn't. I knew that mm. going into the interview, but that would have been an embarrassing faux pas to make. So, what's life like in the bedroom? And then raise my glasses and the slightly. Goes on top. <laughs> yeah. We're actually brother and sister. Um, well, the question still stands. <laughs> it's the same in my house. And so we should probably park it here because you have interviewed Timothy Dalton. I have. Let's let's get this out of the way. So, All right. What, what, what were the circumstances in which you interviewed him? I interviewed him for Hot Fuzz. Mm. Uh, it was two thousand and seven. And I walked into the room. It was a 20-minute interview. 
And I don't know whether this is an affectation he does for all people who interview him, but I walked in and he pretended to be mid-bite of a biscuit. And he turned to me and went, oh, I'm sorry, you've caught me eating a biscuit, as if it was the, the naughtiest thing in the world. i never forget that phrase. And then I sat down with him and I took out my dictaphone, uh, which is a, I didn't use my dick to make a phone call. No, no, no. I took out my dictaphone, which is the thing that you record interviews with. Yeah. And he acted as if he'd never seen one of these in his life. And he went, what's that? And I went, this is my dictaphone. It'll record a conversation. Dictaphone? Please explain. He said to me, you know, to explain exactly what did it did. Did you think you were cute? I don't know what he thought. I, yeah, he must have done. He went, I think I went in with big flappy sausage fingers as well that I attached to my hands just for the, uh, just for the occasion. <laughs> and and an, old, an old ill-fitting suit. Uh, he must have thought I was, I was cute in some way. But that moment when he asked me to please explain hmm. lodged in my head. And then years later, we used to do something at Empire called uh, Fiddy Bloggy, so it's Video Diaries, yeah. uh, where we would just do crazy little skits and stuff you know just to keep ourselves entertained one of the long-running jokes that we used to open our little video diaries with was a fake tv show called please explain with timothy dalton where he would be bamboozled by everyday technology and it was me in a dreadful wig with a terrible mustache and occasionally a face drawn on the balloon i don't really know why and he would look at microwaves and someone go oh timothy i'm using a microwave a microwave please explain and then you'd have to explain a microwave to timothy dalton and that was it. That was a skit. But, uh, but you know what? Timothy Dalton, he was lovely. Was he? He was lovely. Yeah, really, really great. I don't know how much I delved into Bond because I didn't know how much I wanted to go off topic at the time. Mm. And well, when he had I, a film to sell, didn't he? He had a film to sell and we stayed on that. And you don't know how much it's a sore point or might not be a sore point with mm. some people. When we had more, Roger Moore on the podcast a couple of times, that Bond was definitely on the agenda, mm. full on the agenda. I interviewed Connery a few years ago and... I'm again. I can't entirely remember, but I don't think Bond came up that much. Yeah. And at the end of the Connery interview, it was a half-hour phone interview to promote the Edinburgh Film Festival. And at the end of the interview, we'd gone on pretty well, actually. Yeah. And uh, you know, because we started talking about our backgrounds, and he grew up in uh, obviously in Edinburgh, and I'd grown up in Northern Ireland, and so there was a little bit of kinship there. So I thought, oh, we've gone on really well. So at the end of the interview, I said. Uh, so, Sean, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Um, as you can imagine, there's so many more things I'd like to talk to you about, so many more questions that I have. I just wonder if it would be possible to arrange another interview with you sometime. And he goes, uh, I don't think so. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, fair enough. Thanks very much. It's been a pleasure. Uh, how's it? Um, that is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that will haunt me to my dying day. I don't think so. That's one of the last times I think he's ever done an interview. I haven't seen him many interviews with him since. No. There's so much. I didn't, you know, didn't really talk about Bond or... Oh, anyway. That's but amazing. Yeah. But Dalton, Dalton was ace. And I know people who've spoken to him since and, they, and he is equally ace. But I'd love to have a proper sit down with him and, and chat about this. Same. Movie. Same. Because you, you notice on the, he's not on the License to Kill commentary. No. And he's not... Because again, I... I I have the big James Bond yeah. archives book, and I got that out yesterday. Uh, it's massive. And I flicked to the License to Kill chapter, and he is not quoted at any point in that the chapter. The only time he's done anything post being Bond, because obviously mm. he's in the retrospective interviews being interviewed at the time. Yeah. But the only thing he's done, have you seen Everything or Nothing? I have seen Everything or Nothing. He's in that. He is in that, that's right. But that's it. He's obviously just thought, I don't want to talk about Bond anymore. Maybe he was just pissed off, because he had to hang around for a long time. 
where all that legal stuff was going on. It was like, he was officially bond until 1994 when he resigned. He resigned in 1994, yeah. Yeah, so he had like five years of waiting around. Yeah, absolutely. So he probably got a bit pissed off with the whole thing. And because of that, I think this is why people think he's a bad Bond. Hmm. I think it's why people think he's a failure as a Bond, because this is his last film, and this was, this was not a success, and at the time it wasn't well-received critically. Yeah. And I think if people look at the gap between Licence to Kill and GoldenEye, hmm. and the fact that obviously there was a new Bond in GoldenEye, that they may think, without doing any digging, yeah. that he was replaced yeah. as Bond. No. And it wasn't a case. He chose, obviously, had the legal issues not had the legal wrangle about the ownership of Bond with United Artists and MGM and uh, Dan Jack, I believe the name is, uh, of the company. Had that, had that not ensued, I think we'd have had at least two more Dalton Bonds, and one of them might even have been Goldeneye. Well, there was one planned about a Scottish warhead being stolen by the Chinese government, or the is Chinese it, Secret Service. Is it Warhead 19 or something like that? It's, yeah. it's something like that. And I know that then when they started developing Goldeneye, they started developing Goldeneye with... Dalton in mind. Yes, because he's in the, some of the storyboards, isn't he? Yeah. Obviously, it would have been a very, very different film. I think he's a really, really great Bond. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a really great film. Living Daylights is fantastic as well. I think he deserves a, a fair, fair crack of the whip, and then he gets, then he gets normally. Yeah, he's definitely, really great. definitely. And I think there's, a, there's been a certain, you know, when I've been doing this podcast, a lot of people have come through and said that they think he's their favourite. So there's been a lot of people who have agreed. With he's awesome and a really nice guy as well from, from my understanding from little tendrils you have out there people who you've worked with him or people who know him they say he's very 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 cool and of course he's amazing at Hot Fuzz I was going to say he's so funny in that film I'm a slasher a slasher of prices lock me up that's just how the cookie crumbles <laughs> anyway let's go back to this so they go yes. to the bar and then we see the, the dude from Renegade is in the bar you know it's him <laughs> He always makes me laugh because when they took the piss out of Renegade and The Simpsons, he's the one that goes, That's right, Renegade! <laughs> when Bart's Renegade. Oh, I didn't notice that. Anyway, so yeah, he meets Pam. She doesn't talk like that, unfortunately. Nope. So they have a chat, and then Dario turns up. Yes. And he says, No one's talking to you, gringo. <laughs> to Bond. He's full on, isn't he? And they Del start Darwinus. a massive bar fight. They do. And Bond gets attacked by a man with a giant swordfish. <laughs> He Which, again, does. is something that would happen if you were having some sort of fevered cocaine dream. <laughs> he might have seen a swordfish under the water and thought, oh, wow, look at that. <laughs> We'd be bad if someone attacked me with that. It's oh, amazing. And then, and then he probably thought, I must remember to take Renegade tomorrow. Yeah. And then the guy from Renegade turns, turns up. And then cut to, again, Bond just floating silently, yeah. wordlessly, breathlessly on top of the water, just you can face make down. You happen, can't you, with some sort of editing equipment? Film. Someone who's better at that sort of stuff than me could, but... You've got connections, yeah. you've interviewed everybody. We'd have to shoot... Obviously, we can't ask Con- Connery because he hates you. Well, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm going to... One day, I'm going to die. I'm going to get uh, to the, the gates of heaven. St. Peter will be there. Can I, can I come in? Uh, I don't think so. I just have to turn around and go home. Oh, well, fair enough. <laughs> Uh, it's, all then, going, it's all going so well, but this this scene this scene has a number of things in it that that stand out for me. One is that Dario. <laughs> I explain that Dario is so bad hmm. he was kicked out of the Contras. Yeah, which is a little bit like that sort of Hollywood speak around the time where they would invent factions of the IRA that were so terrible. Yeah. <laughs> like in Patriot Games yes. where Sean Bean is so insane he was kicked out of the IRA mm. and joined an even more insane branch of the IRA so he's he's already a, he's, he's one bad hombre is, is Dario yeah. another thing is that this movie has a reputation and it's happened loads throughout the movie it has a reputation as a really gritty 
rip-roaring rampage of revenge. It's a really down-and-dirty thriller. Mm. And then it has a bar fight that is straight out of a smoking and Bandit movie yeah. where people are being attacked with swordfishes. And mm. you're going, what the hell is going on here? And I don't know whether it's because we love Bond so much that we let that pass. Yeah. I wonder if someone coming to this movie straight away would be going, what the hell is going on? Why is it suddenly turned into Roadhouse? What's, yeah. what's happening? I mean, brilliant. If the, the other, because he's called Dalton, isn't he, in Roadhouse? He is called Dalton. So you have double Dalton. Oh my God, that's too much Dalton in, to handle. The, uh, what's he called? The uh, Hammerhead Bar? What's it called? Barrelhead. Barrelhead. Oh, this one here. Yeah. I was thinking the, the, the oh, bar in no, Roadhouse. That's double deuce. I know that, that is a double deuce, Which yes. double Dalton for the double deuce. <laughs> <laughs> too much to take. So he goes and, off with uh, Pam after they blow a hole in the wall and they get in his speedboat yes. that he's just bought with his amazing amount of money. <laughs> speedboat, nasty. Yeah. She's shot in the back, but she's she okay. She's shot in the back. He said, you're bloody, you're bloody lucky to be alive. <laughs> I love the bits of the, where his accent just starts. He he when he's angry. He when he's angry. At all. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's true. like Michael Fassbender at the end of X-Men First Class <laughs> where he just gives up trying to be English and starts being Irish. <laughs> My brothers, come together, my mutant brothers. Yeah, terrible. And I'll dub that when we're done, right? I just <laughs> want to make sure. We, we don't have time to talk. But my favourite bit, it feels kind of strange, is yes. when uh, Moneypenny's typing, she's making lots of spelling errors because she's so worried about Bond. <laughs> you silly woman, Moneypenny. There are five errors in this page alone. And then he says, he'll go after Sanchez, which feels really strange coming out of M's mouth. <laughs> Of money pennies worried, so she rings the only person she knows who can help. Or maybe the only person she knows in the world. I think it is. Uh, the very sad tale of money penny in this film because yeah. she's, I don't know, just, she only gets one scene, Caroline Bliss, in this movie. Yeah, she, you nearly know why, though, don't you? That she fell over? No, she's terrible. Yeah, but let's party that as well. Well, she's, it's, I don't know if I'm being harsh on her, it's just that in the first film, she's, I mean, in the Living Daylights, she's pretty bad. Yeah, she's terrible in Doctor No. I mean, she's just there. She's, she's not even alive. Glint in someone's eye. <laughs> I mean, dreadful. But yeah, in this, I mean, she just one scene, and thankfully yeah. it's very short. Uh, it's a shame because Money Penny, uh, as I said before, is, you know, she's a in the previous episode that you've all mm. heard. It's like she's working on the desk of an impotence clinic, <laughs> and, and then she gives them she gives the men encouragement <laughs> that one day they might get an erection. Yes. that's the whole relationship of her and Bond. It's but true. in this, I mean, in Living Daylights especially, she's very much like, shall we shag now? Yeah, that's right. This is the only movie where she doesn't even get a scene with Bond. Yes. Yeah, pretty sure. And I wonder, because this comes immediately after Bond, I mean, even by the standards of Bond and his ability to be somehow inside a woman within minutes of meeting her, Yeah. this comes seconds after he bumps uglies with Pam on the boat. Yes. And absolutely. I wonder if Money Penny has in some way psychically or whether she's got a symbiotic relationship with Bond somehow she knows that once again he has entered another woman and yeah. she's not happy about it and which is why she's making all those typing mistakes yeah and sends Q to take a look after him but Bond and Pam they get away the fuel line genuinely seems to be out mm-hmm. next they thing shot, yeah. next thing they're, they're at it yeah he uses her ass to blow the horn <laughs> Which is, again, sim- you know, it's a symbolic thing that he's got the horn. <laughs> so he's actually blowing the horn with her ass. If she'd have got, like, uh, psychic messages, like she'd have been typing, mm. meeting next week at, you know, Claridge's blah, 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 shoot him all over my tits, baby. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, Penny, what does this mean? <laughs> what, what is it? What is ejaculate, Money Penny? Like, you know, Em, you know what it means. What does not in my face mean in this particular context? <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Um, but yeah, so Bond and uh, Pam go yes. to Isthmus, and then we meet the South American Dick Van Dyke. But not a Christmas. No, not a Christmas. No. The South American Dick Van Dyke, who is the manager <laughs> of the bank. Yes, he's amazing. I he love this awesome. guy. He's like, oh, no, I can't deal with you. And then he brings in suitcases full of money. And he's like, oh, would you like a chair? Would you like to use me as a <laughs> sexual implement? <laughs> and I, I'd like some credit in the casino. Of course. And then he says, my, no, my personal secretary, Miss Bouvier. My ex- Miss sec- Kennedy, executive sorry. secretary. Which is says, really... why can't you be my executive secretary? Precisely. This film is progressive, damn it. But he explains it. He says, Isthmus is a man's <laughs> place. It's a man's world and it's nasty. And you wouldn't fit in, Pam. It's full of bloody bastards. This whole movie is full. Is it, this whole movie is filled with Bond trying to get rid of Pam? I was going to say yeah, and and Q. And Q. You're ahead of the field, Operative Q. Go home. <laughs> Every five fucking minutes. There's even a bit where Q's literally packing his suitcase and comes yeah. out and he goes, "What are you doing? Come on, let's go." <laughs> are you going to turn around and go, "You can't treat me like this"? <laughs> but the second they get to Isthmus, I can only imagine. Bond has in some way let Pam down in the sack. Yeah. Uh, he I, wants to get rid of her. He wants to get rid of her. He's, he sees her eyes of yeah. disappointment there. Every time the shame just comes back and haunts him. And he's like, no, Pam, this is too dangerous a place for you. You've got to get out. You've got to get out, Pam. He basically blew that horn. I think a childhood memory of his parents dying <laughs> in a climbing accident uh, when and they he fell un- on a horn. And he was unable to achieve erection at that point or well, he orgasmed. The sound soon. of the horn oh my God. Uh, makes him unable to achieve an erection. <sighs> So her blowing the horn with her ass. It's yeah. I'd like to have cut back to some ten minutes later. Him trying to sort of maintain it, desperately. Yeah. Come on. Clapping at his. Come on, you bloody bastard! <laughs> <laughs> I want things to get nasty. So yeah, so Bon he again goes into the casino, shows his money about, and we see Sanchez with his pet lizard. With yes. A diamond necklace. Yes. And this is very... When I was a child, I had no fucking idea what was going on here. The Wayne Newton... Is it Wayne Newton? Wayne Newton, yeah. Yeah, Wayne Newton, you know, bless your heart. I love that. Well, they're doing this this drug deal via tele-evangelists. It's quite sophisticated, this idea. It is. It's a 12-year-old boy. I thought, what the fuck is going on? Luckily, you have uh, Anthony Stark. He's my favourite... Second favourite, Tony Stark. As... uh, 
Truman Lodge, Truman Lodge, which is a great name. I only know him previous to this, I think, or around the same time. Repossessed. Have you seen that? I have seen Repossessed. He's Father the May I? yes. That's a dreadful film. <laughs> it is a dreadful, dreadful film. I looked him up afterwards. He's uh, because I wanted to see what I couldn't remember what the character was called. Yeah. Because at one point when Bond is later on, much later on, when Bond is about to be thrown into that sort of threshing machine, yeah. Uh, he goes, "Whoa, well, Truman Lodge!" And he says, "Truman Lodge." And I thought there was a place. Mm. Turns out it's this bloke's name. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's he's Anthony Stark with an E. But he's very uh, what's the word? He wants. He's very keen on this, the business they've got going. Oh, yeah. Whereas Sanchez sees it as just kind of a laugh, really. Yeah, pretty much. But he's very much like, oh, they love the new price. Sanchez is just like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) I've got a lizard. I've got, mate, I've got a lizard with a diamond collar. Yeah. What else do you want? And also his other subservient, what's he called? The one who's a baddie? Heller. Heller. Played by an actor I did not look up. No, I didn't either. But he um, was quite good. He was quite good. Uh, it comes to a sticky end, he obviously. Does. But there's piercing ball. <laughs> he does. Yeah. I think there's a bit before this where Bond is chatting to someone and he's still using his own name, which I really love. Yes. But Pam comes in having been given extra money. Bond gives her about $100,000 and then gives her a little bit extra to go, go on, pretty yourself up. He says, go, go and get yourself some decent clothes, yeah. which is go a very look nice. derogatory thing to say to a lady. It is, isn't it? He's, he's like still saying, a... You look like fucking shit. <laughs> go and get yourself some decent And she clothes. doesn't. She's amazing. I love Carrie Lowell. And, mm. uh, you know. You've probably interviewed her, haven't you? I haven't interviewed her, no. creatures. No. Uh, of course you won't at Empire with. Such a shame. Or uh, for Law and Order or... Or just any of the other amazing things that she's been amazing in. But she's really good in this movie. And, uh, Mrs. She, Richard Gere as well, isn't she? She was. Was? She was, yeah. Oh, okay. uh, Yeah, in my, in my research I found out they got divorced last year. We're in with a chance. I'm not saying anything, John, she's but... Uh, the market. I wasn't going to mention that because I didn't want you to have that information. But now now I have it. <laughs> the worry. race is on. Yes. Uh, so she, she comes in mm-hmm. and she's looking amazing. She yeah. just looks absolutely stunning. Mm-hmm. And Bond does a double take, which yeah. for me outdoes the pigeon yes. in Moonraker. Yes. It's just, he looks around at her, sees her, turns back, and then you can hear, you can almost hear his little acting brain going, wait for it, Timothy. Mm-hmm. Wait for it. Mm-hmm. Now, Timothy. Yeah. And he turns around and then sees her again. And it's comedy. Dalton does comedy. Yeah. It's and amazing. He erection. He does immediately, right? Yeah. He's got a, a massive Dalton right away. A Dalton. <laughs> If he doesn't call it that, then he's missing out. But that lizard, do you think he went on to be involved in David Icke's world somehow? <laughs> like the president of Scandinavia or something. Not Scandinavia. <laughs> the president of Scandinavia. Yeah, say he's the president. That is the lizard's actual acting name. He's the lizard played by the president of Scandinavia. So he's playing cards, doing so well that yes. Sanchez decides to send Loopy down as a dealer. Takes her off the snooker table, Takes puts her onto the car tables. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's when Bond knows the, the, the okay. jig is up. The jig is up. But that's what he wants. Yeah. He wants that. He wants to... He's doing it for attention. He does. And, uh... Like an errant child. <laughs> Can you come down, sir? Someone has shot himself on the, uh, on the blackjack table. Oh, God. Nasty. And, uh, this is where he sends Pam off to get him a vodka martini shaken and stirred. Uh, she gives the best order of this drink in, yep. the, in the Bond franchise. Yeah. Because she knows that Bond is a wanker who, can, yeah. who cannot achieve erection. Yeah. There's a paradox. And she goes... Shaken, she does the wanker, wanker sign. Yeah. yeah, not stirred. She doesn't really do a wanker sign there, but well, it could kind of be a, a female masturbation. It, it, it could well so be. I don't know anything about that, John. No, uh, no me either. Yeah. I, I don't know any women. <laughs> um, I'd like to, obviously. If any are listening, please do get in Carrie touch. Lowell, perhaps. If Snooker Loopy's listening, 
Obviously, she's hooked up, which we'll get to later. <laughs> um, so he goes up to see Sanchez, and then we get this excellent oh, scene. The best scene. Mm. If it's a classic scene in this movie, it's this scene. Where Sanchez and Bond lock horn, yep. um, and they have a little chat. They do. Uh, where he gives that great line. He said, why did you bring a gun into the casino? Mm-hmm. And he says, in my business, you prepare for the unexpected. <laughs> and he says, oh, a problem solver? It's more of a problem eliminator. More of a problem eliminator. And then they yeah. all start laughing. And Dalton does this laugh that goes <laughs> yeah. on for way too long. And he even does side eyes, front eyes, side <laughs> eyes as he's doing it. And I bet that take went on for 15 minutes. And anyway, it's what's so brilliant about it's this so is good. that pretty much from the... Not necessarily this scene, but later on. What's brilliant about this film is that but you don't have that moment where you get that tension with it. Oh, oh, any minute they're going to find out he used to be a spy. Because mm. he tells Sanchez, I used to be British Secret Service. Yes. So you instantly know, as a, a watcher, you know, a viewer, that he is in bed with Sanchez and that Sanchez doesn't suspect him at all because he's been up front. Yes. And Sanchez respects loyalty and honesty. Yes, he does. So you've he got does. this lovely thing where you know that, San- that Sanchez is going to come across. Yes. But he doesn't suspect Bond for a minute. And that's what's so brilliant about this film. It's, it's great. The relationship between Bond and Sanchez is really fascinating. Because hmm. the, the relationship between Bond and most Bond villains is quite two-dimensional. Yeah. I am evil. I know you're James Bond. You're James Bond. You're good. And you know I'm evil. And yeah. you're going to try and kill me and vice versa. And this is, this is slightly different. And you get the sense that if Bond weren't consumed by rage, he would actually have a grudging respect for Sanchez. Yes. He's a man who gets shit done, and he's, he respects honesty and loyalty. And uh, Robert Davi said that he approached Sanchez as the antithesis of Bond, or the, or the mirror opposite of Bond, in a yeah. way. Uh, so he was stylish in the same way, liked the same things, obviously more evil. Didn't wear but any socks. Didn't wear any socks, which yeah. is just unsettling. Mm. There's a lot of barefoot Bond in this movie as there well, is. by the way. And uh, so you can see how the two of them might click. You can see them going golfing together. You can see them going on a holiday together. Mm-hmm. Maybe you know, having a really, really lovely relationship. So then after this scene, Sanchez takes his gun and his passport. I will hold on to these. Yes. And he goes home and then there's reception says, your uncle's here. <laughs> he had strange monkey hands. He had strange monkey hands. I let him into your room, which is quite troubling. It's very troubling. I don't think that would... I mean, how would he prove that he's his uncle? Cox. <laughs> As you can see, I have a distinguishing mark of mine. I can't maintain an erection either. <laughs> Look, I, no matter how much I slap at the old chap, it fails to respond. <laughs> now let me into the room. Unfortunately, when I hold it, you can't see it. <laughs> um, so Bond goes up in the lift and he gets uh, Pam to remove the lower part of her dress and give him her tiny gun. Oh, this is a really mm. lovely move. And then he bursts Sounds... into the room and then we get a stuntman wearing a white wig <laughs> being pushed into a chair and falling over. And then we find out it's Q. Yeah. And he says, yeah. what are you doing here, Q? I might have killed you. you bloody fool, I might have killed you. You idiot. And you massive ham hands. If you branch, you'd have been dead years ago. It's true, it's a good point. And he says, Money Penny's worried. Yeah, this is true. And then Pam comes in. Pam yeah. comes in, and immediately Bond starts thinking, Threesome? Yeah. And then, and then he, he dispels it yeah, because yeah, obviously yeah. he's still getting over, getting over the stigma of last night. Yeah. And again, this is one of those movies where you, to dispel the rip roaring rampage of revenge tag that this movie has, mm-hmm. yeah, it has all that sort of stuff. It has dark grit and blood and people having their heads blown up. But it also has a camera that can kill people with a laser. Yes. You don't get that in Lethal Weapon. Don't touch the flash! <laughs> yeah. 
So they said, stop fiddling about with things you don't understand. You silly woman. He brings some really shit gadgets as well. He brings, the, sig- the signature gun is fine, but it looks yeah. stupid as fuck. Yeah. Then he's like, ex- the exploding alarm clock, guaranteed never to wake anybody up. I mean, who would honestly... Why, well, why would I ever use that? Precisely. It's like, if I came into my room and there was a completely different alarm clock that looks really dodgy. And old. Yeah. You'd have a digital one, surely, in 1989. Precisely. And it's clearly explosives yeah. as well. I mean, it's, it's got the slightly plasticky, almost where you can see fing- people's fingerprints on it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't touch that alarm clock. No. I'd be taking it back to. But he uh, brings the toothpaste that's a plastic explosive. Dentonite. Yes. <laughs> Do they think of the names first and then try and work backwards into the gadgets? Yeah, I don't know. But then the, the detonator is a packet of Lark cigarettes. Lark cigarettes. Which were real things because Dalton did a Lark advert in China. Did he? Around this time, yeah. Because, you know, around this time, actors, American Hollywood actors at least, used to go to the Far East and do adverts that were never seen. Right, yeah. right, right. So I know you've seen the Schwarzenegger one he did in Japan for some sort of funny food, noodles or something. I probably have. I've seen some of the Nick Cage pachinko adverts, which That's are it. absolutely insane. Dalton okay. did one for Lark cigarettes. Did he? Yeah, as Bond, I believe. Well, what's interesting is that this is the last movie, I think, unless Pierce Brosnan smokes in Goldeneye, but this is the last movie in which Bond smokes. Yeah. And I had blotted out the fact that he smokes in this mm. movie, and I was kind of surprised to see that he does it. Uh, and it also has a Surgeon General's warning. Yeah. It's, it's almost one of the last things you see. It's a credit yeah. roll. It's like, don't smoke, kids. It's bad for you. Also, yeah. don't betray drug barons. That's also bad for mm. you. Don't put chainsaws up your ass. Do not do that. That is really bad. So Bond decides that they're going to go to bed. And <laughs> Pam says, right, well, you two boys can sleep in there. I'm going to have this bed. And Bond says, I hope you don't snork, you. <laughs> Which is a great line. And my theory here is that they're, they're banging all night. Yeah. Like, I, this is, you I know. must have you. Even if you <laughs> burgundy. I imagine Bond putting on some eyeliner and makeup. Cue his ham fingers slowly. Do you think he refers to his uh, erect penis as cue branch? Yes, I do. Good. I'm glad yes. we're on the same page. <laughs> well, the next the next time we see Sanchez, he's giving a tour of his place to these Japanese businessmen. Oh, yes. But he's being a really shit comedian. Like, Truman Lodge will go, these are the stairs. And then Sanchez <laughs> will go, sometimes I walk up them, eh? And they'll go, ha, 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 this is a chair. Sometimes I sit in it, eh? <laughs> Going on for about 20 minutes to the point where Truman looks really fucking annoyed with him. He does. And Lodge is furious. Yeah. They're both furious, all of them. Yeah. And then uh, Sanchez is basically like, forget all this. He says, no more business. And he opens this door. It's just a room full of whores. <laughs> the Japanese businessmen are always like, yay, whores. <laughs> Including the world's worst undercover agent, yeah. Quang, Quang yeah. who is clearly an undercover agent. And I don't know whether he would be... Uh, he strikes me as a man of honour. He would not partake of the, the ladies on offer. No. What was he? Hong, it's his Hong Kong. Hong Kong um, narcotics. Hong, Hong Kong, Kong narcotics. You bastard. Yeah. Which... It's so weird. I mean, there's a scene when, which we'll come to in a second, but when they interrupt Bond's attempt to assassinate Sanchez. Which is in a minute, isn't assassinate it? Assassinate Sanchez yeah. um, <laughs> with a sniper rifle. Um, <laughs> a signature gun. <laughs> it's a signature sniper rifle, James. <laughs> and and, uh, and then Bond is attacked by these people who are dressed up as ninjas. Ninjas. And that's kind of like, what's going on? There's a track on the soundtrack just called Ninja. <laughs> I mean, what is going on? Yeah. Why are they dressed up as ninjas? Because, you know, everyone likes ninjas, don't they? 
I mean, I may be wrong in this, but I thought that ninjas was a very Japanese phenomenon. Well, I might be wrong in this, well, but you, I'm sorry that you're wrong. I'm sure people will be writing in to tell me this, no. but uh, it, it, um, it's, it's bizarre. I but think there it's there. just you know, ninjas were all the rage then. Everyone was a ninja. Everyone loved a ninja. Uh, even, and having... They even had ninja turtles. <laughs> so why not have ninja undercover operatives? James, they're ninjas. <laughs> Chinese ninjas. <laughs> we're middle-aged, non-mutant Hong Kong narcotics undercover operatives. Hong Kong then would have been British as well. So that's it even been. more. It would have been. Why would we have ninjas? Yeah. They it, should have been throwing bowler hats. This bit doesn't make any sense to me, the fact no. that they're a ninja, to be honest. Ninja, I believe, is the actual correct plural. But he plural. almost kills Sanchez, but doesn't. He does. He blows up the safety glass. He's sitting behind six inches of safety glass. And then the, the ninjas take him. They take him back to their base. They do. Their little hut. They do, yes. And that's when we meet this British attaché mm-hmm. who says, I'm taking you back to London. You've gone rogue. You're a complete, <laughs> you're a complete dickhead. <laughs> I never liked you. And Pretty much. And injects him with some sort of sleeping serum. Yes, yes and he does. He tells him to, but not before Dalton tells him to piss off. Which is good. <laughs> And uh, yeah, then Sanchez and his men turn up heavy-handed. With really heavy-handed? Yeah. We're told that Sanchez does have a private army. This is Hello. He's obviously in charge of his private army. He's literally sitting out, head poking out of a tank. Yeah. And blows up this building. Yeah. And luckily for Bond, a Chinese man falls on him and, and takes all the yes. rubble that falls down. Bond's obviously already knocked out by this point. But and otherwise, then, Bond would think it, the guy did it just for him. Because Bond yeah. thinks that his world, the world revolves around him and everyone does stuff. It's like the spy who loved me when he meets that woman and kisses her. Yes. And then she's he's about to get shot. And she goes, no! <laughs> it's literally that, but the Chinese version. Precisely. Yeah. People are so uh, magnetised by Bond. He's so amazing. attracted to him. That I they understand this. Instantly. I, I had the same experience with Timothy Dalton. If someone had run in that room with a gun, I would have thrown something. I wouldn't have taken the bullet. I would have loved it. At the end of the interview, you said, Timothy, this would be wonderful. Can I interview you again sometime? And you've just gone, no. No. You're a hell of a reporter, Chris. <laughs> Go home. <laughs> Thanks for the biscuits. <laughs> Please explain. <laughs> um, yes, so uh, chocolate hobnobs. Um, it, was so, Gary, it was Garibaldi. Oh. It was a Garibaldi. Was it really? Yeah, it was a Garibaldi. The revolutionary biscuits of Italy. <laughs> Rise up out of your... Anyway. Yes, so Bond wakes up in Sanchez's love palace. He with does. With that strange-looking fish man staring at him. Again, going back to the motif. Yeah. Do we think that's M? It might be Q. Someone might be somehow squeezed right, inside there. you know... There's a theory here because there's a hell of a lot of fish motifs running through this post him in the cocaine. Yeah, actually there is. There is, because you get the manta ray, you get the stored fish. Yeah. You get, he wakes up and there's this weird fish child staring at him, the statue. That's right, yeah. And then he's, he hangs onto the speedboat and he follows Loopy back into town. He does, yeah. And then, yeah, there's a big fish winking at him at the end. Yeah. As if that is welcoming him to the gates of heaven. <laughs> you can come in now. So in this, this shot of Bond bobbing up and down silently in the waters... Uh, he's now being nibbled at by a fish. Yeah. Fish are dragging him towards the underworld. Yeah. Because he deserves to go there for all the, the bad things he's done in his life. They do that in Skyfall as well, don't they? With fish? The opening credits, he gets pulled down. That's right, they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Amazing. So it's Bond, all connected. Bond is a fish. We've established that now. Precisely. Anyway, so he, he then has another a chat with Sanchez, and he starts laying the seeds, planting the seeds, sorry, about the possible betrayal. But Sanchez says to him, did they say anything to you? You know, almost mm. like you're trying to find out if a girl fancies you. Did they uh, <laughs> say anything about me? And he just says, "Oh, they, you know, they said they sounded like they were, you know, well briefed from the inside." Oh, the inside. He even says, "I think doesn't he?" He goes, "Oh, I didn't think anyone would be crazy enough to uh, take you on on their own." Yeah, 
after he deals with Crest. Yes. Doesn't he say something's coming in tonight on a boat? That's right, just yeah. Just to fuck Crest over. Yeah, he does, yeah. He's, he's heard that Crest is coming in from Lupe, That's who right. has, again, because she's been exposed to Bond for more than 30 seconds, fallen head over heels in love with yeah. him. Yeah, even though he had a knife to her throat when he first he met her. did, yeah. But she yeah. could see the goodness inside of him. And they'd a bit goodness. like Dapper Laughs. You know? A little bit. Except, you know, nothing like Dapper Laughs. Precisely. Bond goes off on his merry way, Yeah. even though he's supposed to be staying with Sanchez, because Lupe smuggles him out. She's going to go shopping. And uh, he goes back, and this is it, because that's when he walks in and says to Q, what are you doing going home? We've got to go somewhere. Yes. And then they go to the harbour, and he gets Pam to pretend to be the harbour master to drive the ship. He does. Which she does very badly, on purpose, to make it look like Crest is being disrespectful by driving it in too fast. Yes. A bit like in The Lost World. Yes, Dinosaurs in there. It's actually quite a clever plan. It is. A lot of, it's contingent on a lot of things happening. Mm. And they do. They all, they all fall into place. Yeah. Usually at this point, the, bad, the good guy's plan would go awry mm. in some way. But it works pretty much perfectly. It does. Which is great. So then he puts all the money he's stolen. Yeah. Or some of the money he's stolen. Because he makes a withdrawal, doesn't he? He goes, he goes back at the bank oh, and yes, goes, sorry, yeah. I'd like to make a withdrawal. And then the, uh, the, the bank manager goes, oh, come on. After singing Chim Chimini Chiru. <laughs> yeah, and he puts it all into Crest's decompression chamber. Decompression it? chamber, yeah. yeah. And he's swarming around and Pam's swarming around in the world's least apt swimsuit. Yeah. This very skimpy number, mm. which clearly can, goes see-through, but they try and it does go cut around the fact it goes see-through. And then Bond once again tells them both to go. Yeah, because he, he hates He says, him. I work alone. He literally says, I work alone. He hates everything they represent. Mm. Failing to achieve erection with Pam. Yeah. Failing to achieve erection with Q. Yeah. Hates it. So then Sanchez finds the money, throws Crest in, turns on the decompression machine really high, and then hits an axe into the, one of the pipes, yeah. which causes his head to explode. This is the death that really stuck with me. And then there's that great joke where they say, what should we do with the money? <laughs> Launder it. <laughs> You'd be there all week, wouldn't yeah. you? I mean, oh. it's blood and brains. It's going to be... So many, yeah, he's got so many good lines in this as well. He's really good, Davy. He's fantastic. Mm. Then he goes back to Bond, gives him some money, and says, thanks for the, the advice. And that's when he says... Just one. <laughs> that's it. I that's didn't it. think anyone yeah. would be stupid enough to take you on on their own. That's it, yeah. Oh, and also, at this point, he, we should also mention before, he has that argument with Pam because he sees her talking to Hella. That's right. And we find out that Hella was going to do a deal with the CIA in exchange for some Stinger missiles. Yeah, the Stinger missiles always feel a little bit random yeah. to me. Yeah. They're just introduced. I wonder if at some point they thought... Oh, we have a bad guy here who's not jeopardising the world. He's not th- threatening the world, really, in mm. any way, shape, or form. It's all a bit low-key. Mm. So we need something. Oh, he's threatening to shoot down an airplane. Yeah. That's what he's doing. Mm. How does he do that? Stinger missiles. They're yeah. in the news. Yes. Mm. And, uh, and so they, they get the four Stinger missiles in there. And it all feels a little bit almost retconned into the plot. And it's uh, a little bit tacked on. But what it does mean is that you have two scenes in this movie were the two ladies that Bond sleeps with. Both, he holds a knife to one's throat mm-hmm. and a gun to another. Yeah. And they still unreservedly love him by the end of the film. But to be fair for Pam, she's basically saying to him, look, it would have been fine if you hadn't fucked it up. You would yeah, be. true. He hasn't thought it through. No. So then Sanchez says, well, come with us tomorrow. We're going on a tour of the factory, which Truman Lodge isn't happy about. We're going on a tour of the factory to show Japanese people how we make cocaine and how we transport it. Mm-hmm. So he agrees to go with him. Yes. And then this time, Loopy comes back to see Pam and Q and says, look, Bond's in trouble. I love him. (laughs) She said, I love James so much. Yeah. How? Yeah. I mean, what? what? Because he slept with her at this point. He has, yeah. He has slept with her at this point. And when I was rewatching the film, 
uh, last night with the commentary turned off. I was, at one point, I made a note going, has he slept with her? Yeah. I remember him sleeping with both of them. And then he sleeps with Lupe very, very late into the film, but at which point he has already established a relationship with Pam. Hmm. And I can't remember too many times where... Because the, the usual order of a Bond film is with the Bond girls, which is obviously awful, um, is that the the secondary Bond girl is usually the Bond girl that, that Bond sleeps with first, mm-hmm. usually the one that is killed in some way or horribly compromised in some way or betrays him in some way. And then the main Bond girl, he sleeps with her second, and they're a couple all the way through the rest of the film until, you know, I can't believe he's fucking has her at yeah, the, at yeah, the yeah. very end. But this doesn't do that. No. He goes with Pam first. Oh, he meets Lupe first. He goes with Pam first, then he meets, uh, then he sleeps with Lupe. And this film does something very interesting, I think, in that there is actual tension between the Bond girls. Mm. It doesn't kill either of them. Neither of them turn out to be evil or a traitor in any way, shape, or form. But you have this weird scene where Pam is jealous of Lupe. Yeah. And she's, what? what? But I saw him first. I thought we had something, James. Mm. Uh, it's kind of interesting. It's an interesting dynamic. But Q consoles her, doesn't he? He does console her. Which kind of looks like a lobster holding a small bird. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, don't worry. He's just doing his job. And he puts his hands on her shoulders. And it's just such a horrible... Because she's quite a petite lady. And he's got these giant, like, walrus paws. He does, yeah. Yeah, and it's then like, he dresses up as a Mexican, which is quite nice. He does. Yeah, it's this film was staying away largely from. Well, I'm not saying staying away from largely from stereotypes because pretty much every Mexican in this movie is evil, and it's. Mm. Uh, but, but it's yeah. not Mexico. It's Isthmus. So it's fine. It's Isthmus. It's fine, but not yeah. a Christmas. And no. uh, yeah, there's Q with his massive pork hands, like a Freddy Krueger made of sausage meat. It's horrible. <laughs> horrible. And then we go to the factory, and we get to see their plan of shipping this cocaine, which I don't understand. I don't understand. Because the scientist is like, look at this, and then he pulls out this, like, white snot. And I'm just like, why the fuck would you want that? Oh, uh, yeah. And now for the science bit. I think his plan is that ultimately once you have sieved out of the, the gasoline, then yeah. you can wait for it to dry out, and then it turns into powder again? It didn't look like it, though, did it? It looked like wet putty. It did. It looked like, you know, a a new form of sludgy cocaine would be sweeping the market. If I was one of the Japanese people, I'd be like, no, no, you're all right. A hundred million? Yeah. You want me to invest a hundred million for Play-Doh? Are you insane? Stuff you put around windows. (laughs) Not doing it. Yeah. But then this is this brilliant bit, because everyone in Sanchez's organisation doesn't know Bond, but... (gasps) <gasps> Del Toro turns up. Oh, my God. Which is, what's his name? Dario. Dario. And he's obviously seen Bond in the bar. He has. And then we get another Dalton headbutt. Oh, sweet. Mm. He's got a really good action. He goes from the base of the spine. He really drives into the headbutt. Yeah. Gets a lot of power behind it. But it's a brilliant bit. And then he throws the fire onto the petrol and blows <laughs> up the lab, basically. He does, yeah. Starts he, a chain reaction which destroys the whole facility. Now he doesn't know at this point that he's gonna that's gonna happen. No. It's just a very nice byproduct. And then Sanchez is like, What the fuck's going on? And then Dario yeah. says, I know him, he's a British spy. He's working with he's working with an informer. He's an informer. He's working with an informer. That's what it is. Mm. Uh, because obviously Sanchez wouldn't be bothered about the British spy thing. No. But Sanchez takes Dario's word for pretty quickly here. Well, he's a trusted employee. Yeah, but so is Bond at this point. Well, he's not as trusted as Dario. Oh, uh, well, you, you don't know. What, what, what's Dario done in the past, apart from cut people's hearts out? This is yeah. true. But it's, a, it's a really good fight scene. And I think Del Toro is fantastic in this. I think yeah. it was his second film. Mm. And there's the, there's a bit later on when they're on the cafe belt, and mm. he looks up at Pam, and his eyes are red yeah. somehow. And I'm, I was wondering, is it contacts? Is, what is it? Just it's sleepless nights? Dead. 
Is it all those nights hanging out in the hotel rooms of, of newlyweds? Well, there's a story right in the minibar? Was it Robert Darby says that on the the special features that basically he had a, him and Del Toro and a few other people were just playing cards and having a laugh all the time, basically, <laughs> and getting drunk a lot. You can imagine that it would be one of those sets where that would have happened. Darby, yeah, in the behind-the-scenes documentary, like Inside Licensing, like all the Bond films in the box set have got excellent... Patrick McNee narrated documentaries on them. Oh, right. Cool, cool. Really, really interesting. On the bonus disc. Oh, oh, I no, on the actual films themselves. Oh, really? Because I... Bonus materials on them. I checked out, I checked it out yesterday and the, I was a little bit disappointed with the, the extras. On, well, something uh, maybe like, I've got the wrong one. the mission dossier bit. It's called Inside License to Kill. I didn't check It's like 50 out. minutes long. It's brilliant. And uh, yeah, Robert Darvey features heavily and he's basically saying that he was like the guy who was in charge well, not in charge but like he was like the ringleader of fun and that makes sense lumps. to me yeah he told me the same thing on because um, uh, I interviewed him because he killed Arnold Schwarzenegger on screen so I killed I interviewed him I killed him yeah which is why you haven't seen him on screen I interviewed him for a feature called Arnie Killed Me where I interviewed 12 different people who had been killed on screen by Arnold Schwarzenegger over the years mm. uh, the likes of Dick Miller and James Earl Jones and Miriam Margulies people like that Michael Ironside not Michael Ironside oh. Did I interview anyone from Total Recall? Yeah, Benny, Benny, the, the cab oh, driver. Yeah. I interviewed him. Really fun feature to do. And I interviewed Robert Davi as part of it because he gets killed by Schwarzenegger mm. in Raw Deal. Yeah. And, uh, and he's, he was saying that he and Arnold basically were led the kings of practical jokers on the set of Raw Deal. Mm. You know, the old cling film over the toilet, yeah. dropping water from a bucket over each other whenever Arnold would sit underneath Buying people's his room. With sharks. Pretty much, yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah. You know, the standard, basic, High practical... Dudes joke handbook stuff anyway so then we get this brilliant end sequence in the trucks oh so good with, with also pam getting a plane and flying overhead and yes. getting seduced by wayne newton trying to get seduced by wayne newton. bless your heart yeah he doesn't mind does he he doesn't mind he loves the fact that she's pulled a gun on him yeah uh, he respects her moxie probably happens all the time too yeah and she grabs the the bag of money off him again as, mm. her, as they're running away and again he says he says bless your heart yeah which is a, a line i quote all the time from this film yep and then Bond uh, is in the trucks, getting you know chasing Sanchez, and there's an excellent bit where uh, I think it's Sanchez or one of his goons shoots a machine gun at Bond, and the sound of the bullets <laughs> yes. goes ding 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 ding, which is awesome. I think <laughs> it's again, it's really incongruous, isn't it? Yeah, you yeah. have this really gritty revenge thriller, and then something ding 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 ding. Yeah. It's I kind of love it. Mm. It's batshit insane. Uh, I wonder whose idea that was. John Glenn. Do you think John Glenn? Yeah. Do you think? It seems like his sense of humour. I've interviewed a few directors over the years about uh, small sound Easter eggs going into movies. Mm. And a lot of them have no idea that the Easter egg has been put into the movie. Mm. That'll be the sound guys having a laugh. Like, there's um, who did I interview recently? Roger Donaldson, who directed the likes of No Way Out. And you think a guy who might have had a Bond movie in him at some point? Yeah. But he directed Dante's Peak, obviously, with our good friend Pierce Brosnan yeah. a few years ago. And uh, there's a moment in that where a character called Paul, played by Charles Halloran, dies on a... He gets swept away by a bridge, by, by a collapsing... And he's on a collapsing bridge, and he gets swept away by this wave. And a, a really tense scene. And as the water consumes him and sweeps him away to his doom, this is a major character in the film, they threw in a Wilhelm scream. And, you know, yeah. you know that, that thing. And I asked Roger Donaldson about it. I said, that's weird. Because it's really weird. It takes you completely out of the scene. Yeah. And he had no idea it was even in there. Mm. So he said, oh, it's probably the sound guys. I was hoping you were going to say like a tuba. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or a penny whistle. Yeah. <laughs> Who would put one of those in an action movie? Unbelievable. I don't know. In an inappropriate moment. So then Bond uh, has various 
stuff to do with the trucks. Does a, he sees a stinger missile, shits himself a bit, <laughs> and then does like he takes the truck onto the side of the wheels. That's so good. Yeah. This is a great stunt. And in one of the documentaries, you see that they had a, a rig on the truck to make yeah. it work without a driver. Yeah. But the driver, who was a French driver, went, no, I can do it. Yeah. And he did it for real, the mad bastard. And it's also, in the documentary, there's a bit where there's an explosion when the truck blows up at the end. Yeah. When they took the photo for the still of the explosion, when they got it back, there's a hand reaching out of it. And there was a rumour that the set was cursed. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah, I haven't seen that picture. I really want to see the picture. It's in because... the Inside License to Kill documentary. Is it? Yeah, I need to watch this. I'll, I'll watch it when I get back. Yeah, it's um, really good. It's the uh, last one as well. They didn't bother doing them after that. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, I love in depth. It's got EPKs on it. It's really boring. I love in depth documentaries. Anything about or people talking about a particular movie for almost two hours. Yeah. Anything, anything like that is really good. And it's good got for the, me. The, the haunting lilt of Patrick McNee oh, narrating it. Oh my god. From beyond, before he died, presumably. Before he died. Before he died. They couldn't okay. have done it. I mean, obviously, if they'd have done it with a seance or something. Oh, gone to the haunted road. Or gone to the haunted called road. him back. Yeah. Patrick, would you like to do a voiceover? Yeah. yeah get my cheaper Mexican equivalent. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, then you get this excellent, all the great truck stunts. Really and then good. finally, Bond and Sanchez have their final showdown. Yeah, their face off. Both covered in petrol. And uh, Sanchez <laughs> has got a machete and he's just about to kill him. He is. And then Bond says, don't you want to know what this was all about? Yeah. And then out comes the lighter. Yep. Lights him up and off he goes. Off he goes into the night and then he blows himself up because he's covered in petrol and stumbles into the tanker. Yeah. I was thinking about this, this scene is shot, this scene is uh, over so quickly that I'm sure Sanchez never actually knows what it's about. No. He doesn't have time to read the inscription on the lighter. How would he know that that's from Felix Leiter? Well, if you listen carefully as he's walking off, he just goes, sorry, I didn't see it. What did it say? <laughs> And his whole operation is, is in ruins at this point. Truman Lodge is dead. Truman Lodge, he kills Truman Lodge. He kills him, shoots him yeah. dead in cold blood. Heller got stabbed with a forklift truck. He did. Now, the logistics for that have worried me. Yeah. I'll be honest. Dario got minced up in a mincing machine. He did, but he deserved it. He did. Because he was a bad one. And also, uh, while they were shooting that fight scene, he accidentally cut Timothy Dalton's finger. That's right. And required 10 stitches. But Dalto, yes. being the hero he is, was back on set the same day. Unbelievable. So yeah. you wouldn't get that with anybody else, would you? You wouldn't. You wouldn't. No. He's just he's just a, a rock oh, a rock well, of a man. Daniel Craig had some incident on Quantum of Solace, didn't he? He had to go and get plastic surgery. And on Spectre, he hurt his knee? Just, just, just lacks backbone. Oh, or I, knee bone. I can't say anything bad about the man. He's a, a fellow red. Oh, of course. Yeah. But, he's, uh, he's a Russian. I forgot. He's a, yeah. He's a massive communist. Deep cover. Uh, so yeah, then we get the excellent ending where they have a little party to celebrate El Presidente. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. They're having a party anyway. Yeah. And Pam is there. Q's there. Yeah. Doesn't, is M there as well? No, M's not. Well, he, he is there, but not... Oh, of course. Yeah, we just... Not known this. to Bond. He's inside yeah. a fish having a, wank. Fish having a wank. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. So then, Loopy gives him a kiss. Yes. Which Pam doesn't like and runs off. Hates it. And then he says, I think you and old President do make a wonderful couple. Yes. Which is rather... I mean, is the old President... It is presumptuous. President, they probably like, yeah, all right. Yes, I would swipe right. Is that but... suggesting that Lupe is only interested in money? I think it is. Yeah, well, yeah. fair enough. Well, you know, sometimes you got to look out for number one in this world. Look after the pennies and the... Uh... The drug money will take care of itself. Exactly. Uh, so Bond then leaps over the balcony into the water. Yes. Drags in Pam. M has a wank. <laughs> the end. <laughs> and we get the sad title of James Bond will return. Yes. But not this Bond. Uh, no, not, not this one. And it is sad. It is it sad. Is. It is. And we've, we've discussed it to death, but he is mm. fantastic. And it was yeah. such a shame we didn't get any more. We get that dreadful Paddy LaBelle song as well. Oh, yeah. If you uh, speak to... It's not good. No. It's not good. It's get... 1989. 
Yeah, it's 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 a bad song though, even by the standards of 1989. And you this get is, uh, this is not Eric Serra. Oh my God, the worst, worse. the worst Bond score. Or well, anyway, so we have reached the point of the quickfire question. <laughs> Four <laughs> hours in. Yeah, <laughs> here we are. We have been going for a while. <laughs> right. So, who is the best Bond in your opinion, and what is the best Bond film? Okay. Yep. Timothy Dalton mm-hmm. is the best Bond, mm-hmm. and we've been talking about the best Bond film for the last two hours. It works as a it works as a, a thriller. It works as a Bond movie. There are so many Bond tropes in there that it plays with successfully in a way that I think some of the later movies, the Craig movies, haven't quite managed to do. Yeah. And Dalton is fantastic. And yes, we've said it to death, but he should have had it. He he should have had three, four, or maybe even five Bond movies under his belt. Yeah. Brilliant. Next question: Who is the worst Bond in your opinion, and what is the worst Bond film? Uh, Lazy and Beats the worst Bond. Mm-hmm. I know that Honor Majesty's Secret Service is acclaimed by many. I have issues with that film I think it's rather dull mm-hmm. apart from the end which is great and I think people remember it for the end and the guy couldn't even be bothered doing Bond for a second time George lays and by more like <laughs> um, the worst Bond film is Die Another Day okie dokie who would you have as James Bond next well all the people I really wanted as James Bond are slightly growing out of the role so mm-hmm. a few years ago it would have been Colin Farrell mm-hmm. who would have been killer then Michael Fassbender who's Magneto in X-Men First Class, is pretty much an audition to play James Bond. Yeah. I think I would go with Dan Stevens next. Mm. But I'd be, I, I think you have, to, you have to strike while the iron is hot while someone's in their mid-30s. Absolutely. Which is why I would rule out the likes of Idris Elba. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. He's, he's, he's basically the same age as Daniel Craig, isn't he? Pretty much. And I think if you take on Bond, now you're looking at a 10-year, four to five film commitment. Yeah. And that means that you're going to have... Idris creaking up the steps of the Eiffel Tower when he's in his late 50s. Yeah. And nobody wants that. No. Least of all a 50-year-old man. No. Okie dokie. So Bond is full of stupid names such as Money Penny, (laughs) Small Bone, Good Head. Give me your best Bond lady name now. Um, I was... Because obviously... I know that I'm meant to make it up in the spot, but I am aware of this question. So I had been thinking about this for a while. Uh-huh. And I thought that Genevieve Lady Gardens was a pretty decent name. That's amazing. But I don't think I could beat Grandel Bush. Grandel Bush is a great name, isn't it? That's an amazing name. Mm. I mean, what's he doing as an actor it's when he should be a Bond girl? Well, isn't it? it is Unisex. Yeah. It's fantastic. Grandel Bush. Okay, so give me your best Bond film title that you've literally just made up. Oh, my word. Now, this I didn't prepare for. Mm. Um, I think I should have prepared for this one. Forever is another day. Oh, I like that. That's good. Uh, a hypothetical fist fight takes place between Simon Templer, the Saint, and <laughs> James Bond 007. Yeah. Who wins? Uh, Bond. No contest. Excellent. And finally, you're yes. stranded on a desert island with Connery, Lazenby, Moore, Dalton, Brosnan and Craig. Mm-hmm. Who do you elect as leader to devise your rescue attempt? And if it fails, who do you eat first? Uh, Dalton, mm-hmm. because he's just a very together guy. Is Roger Moore alive in this scenario? Yes. Okay, Roger Moore's alive in this scenario. Actually, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to change. I'm going to go for Roger Moore because I think he would, he would get his mates at UNICEF to come in and contact the UN. Yeah. And he would use his ambassadorship to help organize a massive rescue attempt. People would go looking for a, a man of his stature. I'm not saying they wouldn't look for Connery and Dalton and Brosnan, but they would definitely go looking for Moore. So, yeah, Roger Moore would be the leader and we'd eat Lazenby because what's the point of him? Okay. Brilliant. Well, Chris Hewitt, thank you so much. It's been a genuine pleasure. Thank you. I've to talk been, about License to Kill. I've you? loved discussing this movie with you, this movie that Empire Magazine gave two stars to oh. in 1989. Uh, and I'm here on the record to tell you that that is wrong. It is. It is. Will you get in trouble for that? Probably, but you know what? My license may be revoked, but I'll go in the run. Oh, and Chris Hewitt, just, just you know, I might want to interview again one day. Would you be up for doing it again? No. 
I don't think so. <laughs> Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.